Welcome to Role-Playing History, the podcast where we examine the history of role-playing games. I'm Wayne Davis, and I'll be your guide for today's tour. And today's tour is a bonus episode. That's right. We're going to talk about some some terms of role-playing games. Uh, Not all of them, not even a lot of them, just some of the ones I think I mentioned last week that were... uh, well, just a little clarification. But anyway, before I get into all of that, I want to take a, actually a full step back and uh, re-examine a couple of things that I talked about in this past Friday's episode, talking about uh, the creation of Dungeons and & Dragons and, and its long history. That was a, uh, it was a longer episode than the first episode. And when I was listening to it, when I was listening back to it, because I wanted to listen because I had a sponsor last week for the first time, and I wanted to hear how that went. I did a couple things different. So I listened to the whole episode again once it was posted, which is something I don't typically do. And a couple of things occurred to me. Anyway, I wanted to, to hit that up first. And this really you know, is talking about the whole Gary Gygax, Dave Arneson thing in the creation of D&D. And I got to thinking kind of on my own when I was listening to that back. I'm like, man, if if somebody didn't know what my intention was when I was uh, when I was writing that, boy, they they think I was really sitting here trying to just dog Gary Gygax or disrespect Gary Gygax. And I, I have to say, straight up, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that was not my intention. Uh, Gary Gygax was a, a an exceptionally talented individual, an exceptionally creative individual, certainly one of the caretakers of D&D right up until the day he died. And it was, you know, it was a bucket list thing that I obviously never got to check off. But a a lot of people, you know, I've I've talked to a lot of people over the years who did. That's actually be at a convention where he would run a game. So don't think for a second that that I'm trying to say Gary Gygax is not creative that he's not in his own way a gaming genius. That wasn't what the point of all of that was. The point was to really tell the world and make it exceptionally clear to the world that Dave Arneson, who I said it, you know, I think in the game, in the uh, podcast itself, Dave Arneson was, he was a freaking creative genius I think the the thing for him was throughout his entire life, he just kind of, I don't know that he ever was able to truly find the outlet that was perfect for his creativity. And that's unfortunately what happens to a lot of artists. You know, you, you dabble around in different styles and, and maybe you get lucky and you find the one that works for you or, or you don't. I think too, that his legal issues with, with Gary Gygax with TSR kind of just, you know, really just bummed him out insofar as the game that, that he really helped create. And, um, you know, his, his history is that you know, he spent a, a lot of years later on. Now, obviously, we're talking into the 90s and, and the early 2000s. You know, he kind of got into uh, video game creation a little bit. But, yeah, that, you know, he, he really just, he was just this, and I, you know, I try not to swear too much on here because I know there might be kids listening, but Dave Arneson was really just an exceptionally creative son of a bitch who just never really got and still really doesn't get 
the credit and the accolades that he's due. And that's really, to me, that was what, that was the point I was trying to make. And, and if there was any other point that somebody took out of that, I apologize. That was not my intention. I certainly wasn't trying to, to hurt anybody's feelings. I was trying to really give some credit to somebody who is a, a, you know, capital G genuine capital L legend in this business and, and deserves to be treated as such. One other point that I wanted to kind of go back and hit, you know, there was a point uh, when I was talking about all of the different settings and it was kind of a rapid fire, man. See, I like every like 90 seconds, it seemed like I was cranking out another, talking about another campaign setting. And I said something about uh, setting fatigue, you know, that one of the thoughts being, you know, too many settings, people just kind of turn off, unplug, they don't care anymore. Or there's the other side. It's just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. Really, kind of the big thing on setting fatigue, it, it goes back to a point that I had made previously in that podcast. And I said, oh, I'm going to expand on that. And then, dumb me, I didn't expand on that. When Dungeons & Dragons was first released, Gygax and Arneson both basically had the, the idea that people who were going to play this game, they were going to go create their own adventure. They were going to go create their own world. They were going to go create their own sandbox to be in. Because in the wargaming world, that's really what you did. You know, you might buy a, a war game that's set in the Napoleonic era, and it might even have a map of, you know, a certain area. But the gamers themselves were, you know, your job to set the rules out. Your job to set what's the background of this. Your job to set what are the, you know, what are the, the, the winning conditions or losing conditions for this going to be. You set all of that stuff up yourself, and that was just how you did it. So in their minds, and it makes perfect sense because I could see myself thinking it, in their minds, it was just perfectly logical to go, well, you know, we're going to give you some basic outlines, but of course you're going to go do your own world. You're going to set your own thing because that was what had been done to that time. And why the hell would it be any different here? So I think it's kind of also where sometimes the, the fatigue, quote unquote, would come in, but it would also be you know, not even something that they probably would have considered. Now, obviously, you know, 47 years later, um, you're playing in an established campaign world with established campaign material. That's chapter and verse. I mean, it, it's done literally every night of the week, every week of the year, somewhere in the world. Somebody's playing in Greyhawk. Somebody's playing in Forgotten Realms. Somebody's playing in Aberon. You know, hell, somebody's, you know, got the rules for, for Spelljammer or, or Planescape or Dark Sun or whatever. And, and they're playing in their little world together. And, and, you know, that's perfectly okay. But like I said, at that time, it was just really expected. You're going to create your own world. You're going to do your own thing. So i really kind of mad at myself that I didn't, I didn't get into that uh, when I was talking about it. It was something that I caught myself, not something that somebody else went, Hey, you know, dummy. So all right, so that's that's the old business. Let's get into the new business. I did promise you a bonus episode, and as busy as my weekend turned out to be, I, I'm still carving out a little time here on, on Monday night to record uh, the, the promised uh, bonus episode. It's going to seem a little less structured and formatted as what I usually do, and there's a reason behind that. Usually I write out you know, when I'm doing research, I write out every single word that I'm going to say, 
And then I type that all out in Word, and then I, I kind of go over it, and I, I make some adjustments and revisions, and then I sit down and I record. You know, it takes an hour and a half sometimes to record and to edit. And, dude, it was a busy weekend, okay? I had to prep my own campaign, um, had some stuff come up on Sunday. Not excuses, but just kind of, okay, you know what? We're going to try something a little looser. We're going to see how it works. So, yeah, here I am, what, almost eight and a half minutes in, and I'm just now getting to the actual meat of, of what I said I was going to do a bonus podcast for. So I know in, in the first two in the first two shows, I kept making comments, gamer-centric terminology would be, I guess, the overall category that I would use. And I kept saying, oh, I'll explain what that's going to be. I'll explain what that's going to be. And, and I'm not going to try to do all the terms. Trust me, because, I mean, again, I could do two or three shows just on terminology. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get some of the basics out. And then that gives us a little something to work off of as I go through and do other game systems. Or, you know, if I go back and do some deeper dives into some of the D&D editions, we'll have an idea of where we're at. So one of the ones that kept coming up last week, you know, I was talking about things... Things that were added when D&D was created. What were these things that were added that were that were new things? You know, I said character class, and race, and, and armor class, and experience, and hit points. And so I'm, I'm going to do those and note right off the top, I'm going to kind of base this off of Dungeons and Dragons because um, that gives us a starting point. And then, like I said, as each game kind of does its own thing, we can kind of explain, okay, well, th this is what this, if, if it was D&D, this is what it would be, but this is what it is in, say, Vampire or Deadlands or Shadowrun or whatever other game I, I talk myself into really deep diving on here. And I'm going to talk myself into quite a few before it's said and done. So let's talk about, I'm going to kind of go out of order just because, just because. Armor class is is a big thing in gaming because armor class literally is how hard it is for your hair for your character to be hit by attacks from a monster or or whatever is is attacking that's that's literally what it is and you know with armor being in the name yes the the armor that your character wears plays into it armor has a certain rating it gives you you know x number of, of points bonus for your armor class there is something else that figures into that. It's your dexterity score. I'll get into dexterity in a minute because I'm going to talk about ability scores. But there are modifiers that go with that. So you take your, your armor modifier, your dexterity modifier, you add it to 10. There are other possible modifiers. But I'm not going to get into all that right now. And that's your armor class. So let's say your armor class is 16. All right? If I roll a 20-sided die, and yes, those exist, and I add in my, my bonuses because I can get bonuses for my strength and for my weapon and for other things. So add all those bonuses in and to my roll. If it is 16 or higher, I hit you. It's 15 or lower, I missed you. Simple as that. And we resolve damage and, and we move on. Now, armor class has really only been armor class as we know it since 3rd edition. Going back to second edition, it was something that was called, this is a mouthful, two-hit armor class zero. We called it FACO for short. And I'm not going to get, I'm really not going to go deep in the weeds on this, but I'm just going to say that 
to to figure that out half the time, you needed to be a math major with your little slide rule and a book of charts. And yeah, I drove a lot of us to drink. Let's let's just be honest about it. Uh, it, it I hated it. I really did. Uh, especially when when armor class was was completely over overhauled for third edition, it makes it so much easier now. And again, it makes it easier to teach new players how to play. Now, I said something about attack rolls. So why don't I just go ahead and, and jump to attack rolls? It's real simple. When you're when you when you're going to have a combat, you know, a combat where where one side's going to going to attack the other side. The attack rolls are 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 simple. I take my d20, I roll it. I add something that is called my initiative modifier to it. I'll explain what that is in a minute. And so I know now I know where I go in the round. When it is my turn to go, I attack. An attack is simple. Kind of talked about what it was in armor class. I roll my d20. I add all my, my little bonuses that I get. And then I compare it to the armor class of that that I am, you know, whatever it is I'm trying to hit. That's an attack roll. I've been, I keep talking about, you know, these modifiers, these modifiers, dex modifier, strength modifier. The, you have ability scores in D&D, and there are six abilities. Strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Now, I just, for my birthday, I just got this, a couple weeks ago, I just got this really cool tumbler. It's a D&D thing, and it's, it's got the ability scores on there, and it has a particular... There's a per particular way of describing how the ability scores work, and I'm going to steal it from that to use here. Strength. Well, strength is, it tells you how hard it would be for you to, uh, to, to squeeze a tomato, basically, or several tomatoes. Hey, why not? Dexterity. Well, how easy it is for you to dodge a tomato that gets thrown at you. Constitution. How you would handle eating a, uh, a bad tomato. Intelligence. <laughs> Intelligence is being smart enough to know that a tomato is technically a fruit. Wisdom. That would be in knowing that uh, even though a tomato is a fruit, you don't put one in a fruit salad. And charisma. Well, having a lot of charisma would be having the ability to successfully sell a tomato-based fruit salad. Okay. Ability scores are, in the D&D game anyway, they are determined by rolling four six-sided dice. Six-sided dice are the dice we've been using for years, kids. You know what I'm talking about. So you roll four of them, drop a low score, add the next three together. That gives you a number typically between three and 18. Well, it should be between three and 18 because you're only using three dice. Do that six times. You have six scores. Plug them into your abilities. And then you get modifiers, what, uh, 12 and 13s plus 1, 14, 15 plus 2, 16, 17 plus 3, 18, 19 plus 4, and 20 is plus 5. And it's those pluses, really, that you then use to go in and figure, like, the plus to strength for uh, attacks with swords, the plus to dex goes in for your um, armor class, also plays into your uh, initiative, you can also use it for, like, uh, shooting a bow. Plus the Constitution can give you more hit points. Pluses to Intelligence. Uh, you used to be able to speak more languages. I don't think that's the case anymore. But anyway, these, these are all things that, that help you out in the long run, and they play into to some other things. So 
while the actual number itself, the 3 to 18, is not as big a deal, it's the modifier that you get off of it that is. All right, so we talked about experience points a lot. Experience points really are how you gain levels, and levels... Levels mean you get to do more cool stuff. You get more hit points. You get more uh, benefits from your class. You cast more spells. All kinds of great things. And so in order to gain levels, you need experience. And experience points are, well, I mean, the easiest way to put it is each kind of monster that you can fight has a certain experience point value to it and by the way for those that are a little more on the pacifist side no you don't have to kill them to get the experience the idea behind experience points is resolving the situation can give you experience so if you can talk your way out of it you can get experience as a matter of fact i have played games with people in the past who have actually given you would actually give more experience points than really what it was worth if you could find a way to get through this encounter without killing anybody and without having to run away. So if you could come up with a great nonviolent solution, they would actually reward they would reward you with more experience. So experience points and then they add up an X number of experience points gets you, you know, to the next level and, and so on and so forth. Um, hit points. That's a simple one. Hit points, that's that's your life. That's your life value. You know, the amount of health that you have basically. And uh, when it is gone, eh, you're dead, basically. There's I'm not really, there's a few other options that can keep you from dying. But yeah, when you when you run out of those, you, you are in a bad way quickly. And it is determined by your class and then the level of your class. And as I mentioned, your, uh, your constitution modifier. I keep saying class. What the heck is a class? Well, in, in Dungeons and Dragons, a class would be like, what is it that you do? Oh, you're a fighter. Oh, you're a cleric, so you're, you know, kind of a, a holy spell person. You're a paladin. You're a holy warrior. You're a rogue. Yes, that's right. You run around and, you know, pick locks and, and steal things. You're a wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. Yes. There are more classes than that, but that kind of gives you the basic idea. And race, don't think like we do in, in society, Caucasian, African-American, Latinx. No. We're talking human, elf, dwarf, half-orc, dragonborn, gnome. The list is, is very, very long and getting longer by the day because it seems like almost every supplement that comes out has a new race in it. Sometimes it has new classes. And each race has its own advantages. Uh, you know, humans can do things dwarves can't do. Dwarves can do things that, that humans can't do. And elves can do things that the other two can't do. So on and so forth. By the way, while I'm thinking about this, if you're interested in just kind of seeing what I'm talking about, but you don't really feel like shelling out, you know, the whole price for uh, a full set of uh, D&D rules, when Wizards of the Coast, when 5th edition was being released, they put out what's called a, a basic rule set. And it is actually available for free from their uh, from their website. So if you go to um, well, you can go to DND Beyond, dndbeyond.com. That's dndbeyond.com. You can get the free basic rules there. You can also just put fifth uh, edition DND basic rules into your Google search bar. And it gives you an idea. You can kind of look through and see some of these things that I'm talking about. 
just kind of get an idea, you know, and if you're thinking maybe I might want to play, but you know, again, I don't want to shell out all that money for all those books. That's another way to do it. Uh, one other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about when we're talking about, uh, terminology and, and, and all of that. Oh, initiative. Sorry. Before I get to, before I get to that last part, I said initiative. Initiative has to do with, it's another one of those things in combat. When you're going to do a combat, your, your dungeon master will have you roll for initiative. Your initiative is the spot in the order that you get to, to do something. with. Everybody acts at a specific point. So you roll your d20, you add your initiative modifier. Initiative modifier is a combination of factors. Your dexterity modifier plays into that. So roll your d20, add your dexterity modifier. That's going to tell you, okay, boom, initiative. This is where I'm at. Now, there's other things that you can do that will help with that. I'm not going to get into it. So let's say, you know, DM calls for initiative. I've got a plus three for my initiative, and I roll a one. I'm going to go fourth. I am probably going last in a given round. But that's okay. It gives me an opportunity to see what else everybody else is doing before I get a chance to act. Huh. And actually, I keep talking about rounds. So a round is everybody that is involved in something taking an action, whether it's all of you know, here, let me, rather than throw this out, let me just do it this way. Let's say there are five people in the group and there are four monsters that you're fighting. So that's nine people. One round, all nine will take their actions. Now a round used to be six seconds but I mean, time in reality doesn't really matter because you know, I've played games where in real time it's taken us 25 minutes to get through a round. But a round is, is the amount of time it takes for everybody to, to make their actions in initiative order. That's the easy way to put it. I'm sure somebody's going to listen to this and be like, no, Wayne, the technical way to do it is great. Call me on it. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll fall on my sword for that later. One other thing that I did want to mention, because I said something about skills. So skills are things that you can do in the game that, that just kind of give you a little something extra. Things like athletics and acrobatics. Uh, for those who are like wizards, arcana, because you know, arcana is the study of magic. Religion, study of religions. A bunch of different skills. And, you know, your proficiencies in those again, allow you to do things that other people can't do and give you the opportunity to do some cool stuff. So, yeah. The idea here is not to to teach you how to create a D&D character. And I know some of these I could have done better. And I'm sure my buddy Jim's going, he's going to probably call me when this is over. And he's just like, dude, you pooched this one. You pooched that one. You could have done this one better. I'm really just trying to give, for those who, who don't know the terms, I'm trying to give you a kind of, a primer, I guess, for, okay, this is what I mean when I talk about it. And then, like I said, obviously, here in a couple of weeks, when we get into a non-D&D game, I'm going to change it all on you. But sometimes just to understand the lingo is a good starting point. And that, at the end of the day, is what I was shooting for. So, I could do terms and terminology all day long. I'm not going to do that. I got us a few terms to get us started. We're going to be in with commercial, a little under half hour. That's really what I was shooting for, for a bonus episode. So, yeah, 
I, I think I think we're going to go on ahead and just pull the train to a stop for today's bonus episode. I am already hard at work on doing the research into TSR, which is going to be this Friday's regularly scheduled episode, and that will drop right around 11 a.m. Central Time. I haven't decided what we're going to do the following week yet because we'll deal with that when we get there. Yeah. So, again, as always, we do have a Facebook page. If you want to come by and you want to uh, see what we're doing, you want to say, hey, you want to be part of the family that we're creating here, it's Role Playing History on Facebook. You can, I said, leave comments, uh, ask questions. If you've got direct questions, you don't want to put them out in the public forum like that, drop me an email, roleplayinghistorypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I would love to hear from you. Again, uh, questions, concerns, maybe you got ideas for future episodes. You know, Maybe you work for a gaming company and you want to give me a job. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not really. Anyway, that's all the business. Thanks for the bonus episode. I am um, I'm willing to do more bo- more bonus episodes, but I think what I'm going to start doing maybe is tying those into listenership numbers. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that, talk to some folks, and maybe we'll get around to it. But that's it for this one. This Friday, 11 a.m. Central Time, we will do do a nice deep dive into the history of T S. So until next time, I'm Wayne Davis, and you're role-playing history.